At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. another episode of the kingdom says podcast i am your host as always garrett williams and i am joined by a full crew today of course i've got my usual co-hosts kyle henning kyle how are you doing today sir uh doing well uh we told you we'd be back multiple times over the next couple weeks and we had a bunch of guests lined up and we've got one for you today if you're watching on youtube you've, you've seen who is here with us already uh if you are listening to this on audio garrett will introduce you here in a minute yeah, soon to be um, announced but it's uh it's been a it's been a good week getting to look at receipt days because there's been like what three days of receipt days on that on that good old twitter app for chiefs kingdom with some of the Bengals group so and uh i i know jason has some receipts because i heard I, I got to catch if you guys haven't yet check out the chiefs concerns episode um with him and marcus from today and uh, congratulations on the news, by the way. So I won't spoil that. They can go get all those those pieces of information over there at your podcast. But uh, with that, Jay, how are you, sir? I guess I stole Garrett's intro with the teaser. Dang, stole stole the intro and also almost skipped our guy Arrowhead Tom, Kyle. Kyle no, Tom, we can Tom. Yeah, no, I'm here, guys. I feel like the suspense <laughs> is, is too much. If I were an audio listener, I'd be going crazy. I know, so yeah, I, we just need to get I, it all I, out here. I'm here. Tom is here. I'm doing good. We'll go ahead and get to the, the important uh, and of course, we got our guy here, Jason Dunn, NFL tight end for the both the Eagles and the Chiefs, uh, who has now flourished in his new role as a, a podcast host uh, with Chiefs Concerns and as a coach in the, uh, the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl recently. So, Jason, how's it going, man? What's up, fellas? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So I'm just uh, coming back from West Coasting. You know, starting to get a little bit more of, uh, of myself, my body back from just being out there for for eight, eight days. It was eight days, and uh, which is a long time. And I'm actually I'm glad I made the trip. Uh, you know, because it was a, the, well, it was kind of on the cusp of like, you know, should I go out here? Should I not? And it was such a, a fruitful occasion, uh, a journey going out there talking to some of the guys. Uh, I text, you know, the Titans I had that I was coaching. Uh, and just told him, man, like, look, you, you know, y'all guys uh, are a great group of young men that definitely have an opportunity to make it into the NFL. And so we, we've had some really, really talented guys uh, that I coached out there. Uh, but not only just the, co- the guys that I coached, the guys that I coached with uh, is another thing, too, man. I mean, that's, that, man, when I'm talking about, you know, the greats, Hall of Famers, you know, Pro Bowlers, uh, I mean, you name it. I mean, we had just a crew that uh, one of the guys I mentioned, Andre Risen, who was the wide receiver coach, said, said, man, if we took this this group of coaches up to the NFL, he said, man, we could win some championships. We win some games. And I was just like, man, Dre, I'm 
believe me, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So yeah, man, we put it, we put a together, man, a great crew. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, uh, Eddie George was our head coach. He was going against the American team that had uh, uh, Jeff Fisher and so and okay. some of his guys. That's so, a stacked yeah, lineup that was out there. So yeah, if you guys aren't familiar with the NFL uh, PA Collegiate Bowl, um, there's a literal who's who of names and also some Chiefs names you'll recognize on this list. Um, so with that said, Jason, what was that like getting to coach not only with a bunch of guys you know from playing in the league with them during your days, but play with former Chiefs and teammates and guys you see from around the organization? Because I know the Chiefs' former player group is a pretty big group of players that likes to stay active with the Chiefs. So I know you see a lot of your guy, a lot of the guys sometimes, or at least talk to them with events and stuff. So how was that getting to see some of those guys and work with some of those guys, coaching some of the guys that might be coming up in this league in the next few years? Uh, well, I told you, man, it was a, it was an honor, it was a privilege, really. I mean, just going out there and just being able to. Uh, you know, and, and put some knowledge and wisdom to these guys and let them know what the exact process is like. I remember being in that seat, you know, uh, kind of coming out of college and, and that whole process of dealing with scouts and agents and how do you find your way and, you know, what's coming next and what do they expect out of me? And so though that in itself, man, is just is, is so nerve wracking. It's so heavy on you uh, for those guys to have to deal with. And when you have guys that have been there, have played a number of years in the league, and you know, I put in 11, and Andre Risen, I think he had like 13 or 14. Uh, Jackie Slater, I think, has 17, something like that. I mean, we're talking about Seneca Wallace. Let, let me just go through the list of guys that we have, okay? Yeah. I'm looking at head coach, Eddie George. Offense coordinator was Mark Frederick, who's at uh, uh, Prairie View. Uh, defense coordinator was Joe uh, uh, Bowden. Uh, quarterbacks coach Seneca Wallace, running backs coach Robert Edwards, uh, wide receivers coach Andre Risen, uh, wide receivers coach assistant was Chad Lucas, uh, me as the tightest coach, offensive line Jackie Slater, uh, Cameron Clark, defensive line coach was Cliff Matthews and Kendall Simmons, uh, who played a lot of years up there as a guard with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Keith Bullock. Right, Keith Bull. I told Keith, I said, man, every time we went against you, man, you, you look like you had the biggest gloves I've ever seen a guy wear, you know? And so, you know, we used to, we, we, we kind of laughed about that. Uh, Benny Sapp. Oh, Benny. Remember Benny Sapp? You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yes, sir. And he's got a son coming out in the draft this year. So watch out to him. Too. Yes. Yeah, who's a stud up there. Yeah, uh, Northern Iowa, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so... Um, let me see. Richard McNutt was a defensive back coach, special team coach Keith Burns, uh, and also Nick Novak. Okay, so we're talking about this. This these are some real guys. Uh, yeah. uh, Brandon Jacobs, you know Brandon Jacobs, okay. another guy. Yeah, Ooh, I'm gonna tell you something. I had no idea how big Brandon Jacobs is. I had no idea. I'm walking up to him. I said, like, yeah. "Dude, he walks in six three, six four. 240 pounds. Easy. I mean, yeah. I mean, big dude. I mean, yeah. he was a cheat code back in those old TV Madden games. It's like, you can't tell on TV still how big how no. big most of you guys are. But when you, even then, it was cartoonish how big he was compared to some of the people he would stand next to on TV. So you know in real life how much bigger he is than some other human beings. It's like, 
that man is yeah. a whole different animal. I mean, even back in the day in Madden, I mean, and, and, and deal with. If, yeah. you, if you used him in Madden, like he was, yeah, like six four, like two forty eight that he was listed yeah. as in Madden, like he was just absolutely bulldozed people. But Jason, you mentioned the fact that you know you were talking about like that kind of lineup of coaches, how all the all stars could really go to the league and and maybe do some damage. If you look at like the Detroit Lions, for example, who you know have a have a full coaching staff of like all former players, like. How feasible do you think kind of that is in the NFL? Obviously, we've seen some success with it with the Lions. Do you think that's kind of a, a way the, the coaching ranks could maybe evolve in, towards the future in the NFL? I do. I mean, to be honest with you, I think that's, you know, that should be the natural progression. I mean, guys have played the game before. Uh, when you're trying to relate to the, to the players, you want to have somebody who's, who's been in the trenches, who's done it before. Like I said, who's done the process, know, got the knowledge, know what guys think mentally where they are physically, you know, what they have to deal with. Um, and, and I just think that when you have guys that, you know, can can give that type of, you know, knowledge and let guys know what to expect, it, it, things go smoothly, right? There's, there's no BS. There's no, there's no dealing with things that, you know, you got to worry about if the guy's going to stab you in the back because you respect it as being in the locker room. And so, like, all the coaches, and I told the guys, man, I text all these guys, I was like, look, man, I said, I appreciate this week so much. Because it seemed just like the locker room. It, I mean, it really did. I mean, we're cutting jokes, you know, while we're getting ready for practice. But we got our work done. We had a lot of fun with each other, you know, just going over the, the stories. I mean, Andre Rise got the best stories in the world anyway, man. I, with Andre and <laughs> he, they're just coming. Him and Jackie Slater, story after story after story. I mean, just keep you entertained. Uh, but also, too, what you know you're doing is you're cultivating – uh, young guys to uh, to be winners and champions, right? I mean, that's what you want to do. Part of like what you, as a coach, you want them to uh, embed part of who you are into what as a football team. And I think Detroit has done a, a beautiful job of that. Another staff, I would say, just kind of looking at it is also Jacksonville, you know, with Peterson, Doug Peterson, Mike Howell, those two guys I played with. And you get greasy down there to stepping out. I mean, this, these are guys that know the deal about what it means to be in the NFL, right? And so if a guy's like, hey, man, I'm a little, you know, a little sore here and there, you can call BS. He's like, hey, man, look, yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> I done tried that before. You need a day or break? Just let me know you need a day. I'll give you a day if you need a day, right? And so uh, I'm not thinking about that. I think about Willie Rope. Willie Rope was like one of those dudes, like, hey, coach, I, I need one. Yeah, give me a day today. <laughs> you gotcha, right? Yeah, you can do Willie all the day. Is that, how the, is that the guys that show up with the rest day DNP? No, no issue today. Yeah, is that yeah, those guys yeah. on the injury report. Yeah, yeah, they come out. Look, they got the tennis shoes on. They spouted. They just like look, man. Just put the jersey on. Make it look like you're doing something, right? You're not going to yeah. do anything today, and just rest. So while you're just talking about you know the relationship between coach and players, um, you know you got to play under Dick Vermeil, who I think is one of the all-time underrated coaches. Um, an NFL history and, and uh, obviously you know he's um, was very successful but one of the things that they always talk about was his relationships with players and I'm just kind of curious as you know as you're in the coaching world a little bit do you find yourself kind of looking back and, and mirroring some of the things that he did or were there lessons that he kind of like taught you as a coach you know um, and you kind of want to um, be you know treat your players in a similar way is there anything like that that stands out in terms of you know being coached by by Coach Vermeil? Oh, man, no question. No question about it. And I, I've always said this. Uh, once I got into coaching, 
I've said to myself, like, look, I want to take all the great attributes that all the good coaches had and make it my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. So understanding, you know, Coach Meal, where he made his transition from being with Philadelphia to the Rams to the Chiefs and what he learned all through that entire process over the years, you know, mm-hmm. and how important family was and not taken away. And, you know, a lot of staffs, you know, you hear them all the time, but everybody's trying to burn both candles at, at you know, at both ends. And it's, it's hard to do. You wear guys out like that. You wear coaches out like that. And, and it's a long season. If you're thinking about going into playoffs, you want to have uh, a nice, uh, uh, healthy life with your family and with your football team. That's a, there's a balance there, right? There's a balance. So sometimes you, when you hear it, sometimes like Nick Saban and those guys, well, everybody's looking to see who's going to be the last guy in the office. It's just crazy, you know. What I mean, just that's how you destroy families, right? And uh, Gruden had to find out the hard way, you know, and, until he realized that like it's affecting his health, and it's like, hey. No, you got to go home and get some sleep. Mm-hmm. Before it was like, uh, you know, it was a badge of honor to sleep on your couch in the office, right? And get up and I'm like, man, look, there's only so much film you can watch, okay? Right. <laughs> there's only so much knows you can write, really, right? So it, there's nothing, there's nothing proud to wake up stinking every single day. You, you know, your office is smelling like. Booty juice, whatever it is that you've been laying in all the time. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. You know, so you're that. totally wrong. Okay. We've said, <laughs> we said way worse than oh, that okay. on the show. All right, cool. All right. But the things like that, you know, just, you know, just like, you know how it is laying in the old self, the old field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like taking a shower. Yeah. Too much time yeah. without a shower after working that many hours. No matter what you're doing, if you're sitting in an office chair, that office chair gets sweaty and sticky. Everybody's been sitting in that office chair that you get up out of your like. Oh my god, yeah. that's gross. I need it. Right. So with that so, said, in uh, Tom's question about Vermeil, yeah, and yeah. that kind of play style and the play and those coaches mm-hmm. with Andy, because I know you had a year with him in Philly. Now I know it was the year you had your knee injury, but that was his first year coaching. Yeah. And and how he is with players. Now he's a guy that's notorious for he's there a lot. He's there, <laughs> he's there very early. He's one of the last ones out of the building, especially this time of the year. So with that said, and the amount of time that the coaches and and stuff put in, the two things I kind of wanted to ask was, and I was going to go with this first, but I'll go back to it. I'm going to go with this for Tom because it ties in with Dick Vermeil. It's kind of the similarities between the two of them and kind of the, because I think they're both kind of deemed players coaches, even before that term was really a thing before, you know, it was popular to call Sean McVay or yeah, Sean McVay, the players coach or uh, this other guy. Because, because that's kind of how Andy's been forever from basically every indication I've ever gotten from basically every player. Um, that you know, any when they talk about him in interviews and, and all that stuff, so just the similarities between that and and Vermeil and how because I also know I think they worked together too at some point or had crossing staffs and whatnot, so um, just kind of the similarities you see between them, but then kind of the different styles between them as well. Because we all we all got to be very familiar with Dick and his emotional um things where he was just very passionate and his emotions were constantly on his sleeve and the, and the crying because. It wasn't crying. He wasn't having a good day. He, he that was kind of his thing. It seemed to be so. Just kind of those kind of things. Uh, well, I, I would say this. So, Vermeil was kind of he was very personable with guys, right? 
you know, he asked about your family, how you're doing, how's your mom doing, and your brothers, and what's going on in your life outside of football. And I think a lot of that just came with age, a lot of, you know, just spending time and just realizing the importance of, you know, creating these relationships to get the most, the best out of the guys. Andy does the same thing in a different way where he's just like, hey, guys, you know, he's he's one of the, like, I eat burgers with you, you know, you know I'm going to take care of you, those type of, you know, Andy has like this the dichotomy of like, hey, big brother, I'm going to take care of you, but you got to make sure you take care of your stuff, right? That's what it is. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, cool, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. We can have this great relationship, and as long as it's doing that, we're good. He's a great communicator with that, as, as, as well as Vermeil. Vermeil, he like I said, he he's one of those guys is like like your grandfather, your father, right? Hand on your shoulder. You having a bad day? Like son, talk to me, right? That's what it is. That's that's, that's Vermeil. That's one of those guys, you know. Andy's kind of like sit down beside your big brother, like just nudge you, like you know, come on now, you know, get this thing together, right? Uh, but that, but that tells you the reason why Vermeer was the one that helped Andy get to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. He's the one that told him, like that's you know that's the reason because he knew Kansas City needed a coach like that. Mm-hmm. He said, Man, you don't want to pass this opportunity up. And so Andy being in Philly and the coach Vermeer living in Philly, they had a lot of runners together talking and whatnot. And so that was Dick Vermeer's first choice to them say you need to get Andy Reid out here to Kansas City. But Buffalo Man, I just appreciate uh, that thing. We, yeah. we appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, very much. That's so. a huge, huge shout out. Starting the era of golden era of Chiefs football here. I mean, crazy to think about in this time, and especially with the last five years, obviously hosting five consecutive AFC Championship games at oh. home. Which I mean, he broke his own record of what doing that four times in Philly, and so it's you know, <laughs> like He's this guy is the only coach to ever do it in both conferences with two different teams. Yeah, it's like, like it's just outstanding to see. Outstanding to see the development that, you know, Andy Reid has just progressed throughout the years. And now, obviously, as a superstar quarterback and a superstar tight end that, uh, you know, in Travis Kelsey, that has been absolutely eating it up, especially in the playoffs. Kyle had some crazy uh, numbers of, of uh, yeah. Kelsey's stats um, in the playoffs. So, so Jason, I, I went and pulled up um, – some numbers for Travis because Travis has the leads all t- the uh, single season yardage record, which was 16 games in a regular season with uh, 1,416 yards. But um, I got to give a little credit to my dad because he's the one that brought this to my attention the, last night. Um, Travis, Travis has now played 17 playoff games. Okay. And in those 17 playoff games, he has 1,467 yards. So, in an equivalent number of regular season games, he has more yards in the time of year that's supposed to be more difficult where they're supposed to take away the best option than anybody. And by the way, anybody is him that has the most yards in 16 or 17 games in a regular season because Mark Andrews actually has the most yardage in a 17 game season um, in the regular season with his 1,361 yard year and 107 catches. That's the other part is Travis actually has more receptions in the postseason than he does in the regular season. He only has 105. He only had 105 yards or 105 catches in his 
yardage setting year. Um, he had 100, 127 in 17 in the playoffs. So um, I think I, I, from a tight end perspective and somebody who played the position and has seen it evolve um, yes. and what that looks like, what he's doing, can we like, he's, it's, he's the GOAT at this point with that at this point right like when and that's nothing because we've seen some absolute insane tight ends come through this organization and other organizations gronk um antonio gates um going back even farther you've got all the guys throughout shannon history sharp. that paved the way for you guys i mean Sh- yeah, shannon sharp is an av- he haunted chiefs fans for years <laughs> over yeah. with his play in denver like we we've seen them all but travis is doing things at this point that's just totally insane and not normal and and this time on a bad back and then of course i want you to talk a little bit about um what what took place with him and and his post game a little bit and how you how because as a player like what does that do for you when you guys see that stuff from whether it's inside the locker room outside the locker room from an opposing city and then what does that do, like his response to it, how he handles it? What does that do for other guys in the locker room when, when he does that? Because I know what it does for the fan base and for the city because, hey, we love it. Everybody eats that up. That's a, that's, oh, yeah. that's yeah. fuel for the fan base. But as for players in the locker room, I assume it's at least in can some ways have different effects and whatnot. So just trying to get an idea of how that, how that transpires with Travis. Okay, well, okay. I'll start with you know talking about the pinnacle of what he's just done in the playoffs himself, right? It's just, I mean, that's that's unheard of. Just to, to be able to, it just shows you he's a follower, right? I mean, yeah, he goes out to get it done. The one guy you should think about stopping on the Chiefs, you just don't, you just can't, you can't stop. Him. Nothing you can do. So the numbers bear it out, no doubt about it. Uh, and so he's just phenomenal in that, just in the playoffs in itself, of what he's been able to do, as, as opposed to just the regular season, right? So that in itself is just, I mean, it, it speaks for itself. The How he goes about it and the way he carries himself, the way he just falls out of control, it gives your team confidence. I mean, it's infectious, right? It's like when you got a guy like that on your, on your side, there's nothing you could be afraid of. There's nothing, you know, the way he's just going out there, he's just destroying it. He's like, oh, cool. I need to get whatever, 10, 15 yards? Bet. I get it, right? If I need to go out here and, and get 100-some yards in the game, fine, put it on my shoulders. And so he just takes everything in stride, and he makes it look easy. And he's having fun while he's doing it. So it's like showing guys, and, I'm, I'm, and I, I, this is my observation, showing a young guy like Pacheco that you can go out there and ball out of control and let it all hang loose, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that Pacheco was a little cautious in running the football this past game. You know, because I was just looking at some of the holes they could have bounced it out, but I seen where he had gotten better at the end of the year that he could have hit. But I think he was in his mind like, yeah, I don't want to make a mistake, right? He just, he don't want it to be on him, right? That's just his mentality. It's just, that's how it is, because you realize the gravity of the situation that you're dealing with, right? You know, first off, this is a team that you have gotten beat by three times, okay? Calling the Burrowhead Stadium, right? Everything's on your back. Right, Pacheco's got to be the running game. He's got to be the guy. And so I know he's felt a little pressure. And so he was being a little cautious on it. But he can see a guy like Travis, like, hey, man, shoot, have fun with this. Shoot, make plays. Have fun making plays. You don't make a play, fine, whatever. Line back up, do it again. OK, 
okay, to make the next play. So that's showing guys the way that you can actually get into the game, man, and and and, and control it. That's what he's doing. Him and Pat is out there just having fun. They're controlling the game. That those the, that duo is just unstoppable. I, I just I don't care what you do. How many times you think that you got it uh, covered up? You know, you just don't. They just find a way. And so I, I've seen him run. A, you know, I watched the route. Okay, he ran the corner route. Where he ran. The safety had it covered. Really good. What Travis did was okay. You got me covered on the corner. Well, let me just whip back out and find the window. And Pat was just waiting for him. Pat knows he's running the corner route. He knows, okay, it's covered. But I know Travis is going to find a way to get it. It's open. There it is. Touchdown, right? I mean, it's, man, it's just, it's poetry in motion, man. They, they, it's just a, a symphony of how they just do this and how they make it work. And so that's knowing guys, knowing each other and what they want. So I, yeah, I play with a- some great guys, man. I play with some, some you know, Gonzalez, which to me is still, I'm, I'm still, you know, goat wide TV, okay? I'm just, you know, because hey, TV is and all that, right? Fair, but yeah. I'm not taking anything away from, from, from Trav. It's not, right? Trav can, he's, he's still, he's still ascending, right? He's still, he's still yeah, going. he's got some time left. He's got a lot of time left, right? I, I'm saying he's probably got another four years. He's, he's still going to play easy, I'm thinking. As long as his body's well, you know, he's doing fine, definitely. You know, yeah. of course, you know, he's, yeah, it's a different time, right? I look at it like, okay, right. You know, same thing, LeBron. You know, the offenses are different. We throw the football even more. There's some things that look different, right? So, yeah. but I, I say this: Kansas City has had the best tight ends to ever play the game. Period. Yeah, that's a pretty right. easy exclamation, I think, to make. It feels easy to that's argue. Feel, that feels that pretty feels safe. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, one or two, however you want to do it, like you know, however you want to make it. We've had the Two best tight ends ever to be able to play the game. Exactly. But you're right, though, in the fact that the position has evolved a lot from, from when, you know, Tony to uh, to Trav now. And, you know, Travis himself has credited a lot to, you know, the fact that Andy Reid has kind of developed this, this role for him as just this hybrid tight end wide receiver, like just dominant pass catching guy. And you mentioned how, obviously, that veteran presence that he has and just you know, how he knows the offense so well and can work in every way and how he can pass that on to the rookies. You mentioned Pacheco, also guys like Sky Moore who have, you know, been having a lot of, uh, have made some big steps this year. And, you know, it might be a similar thing. You know, we saw Sky in this last game have a couple great punt returns. And uh, it's, it, it's you know, having well, Travis Kelsey there is a, a huge factor in that. Well, let me, let me give you one more. The tight end room in itself. I, I promise you, and I guarantee this, when them jokers walk out that door, they all got swag. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's emanating off Travis to everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Noah Gray, Jody Ford. I mean, everybody's hitting up with it, right? You can't miss. Everybody's coming out of there. It's just like smokers rolling out of the tight end room and these jokers. That's how we were in Kansas. You know, when I played, the me, Tony, Billy, and whoever else, we knew we was going to get our job done. Yeah, we already knew it. So whoever was coming in, Arrowhead was going to get lumped up. Right, I was gonna put these meat hooks on somebody, and I knew TG was gonna catch the ball wherever the ball was thrown to him. So that 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 having that and knowing, like you said, Sky Moore seeing those things, man. It, I mean, it's just it's infectious. It is. It's infectious. And then when he goes in, he goes into the mayor. Right, he gets out there and just the crowd is low. I love it. I love it. 
I said that, man. What's what's because I said I was gonna play this music. Uh, this DJ Sway, the remix guy, I said I was gonna play his stuff, man. Yeah. You know, but that with the one he did with the mayor, like what's what's the deal with this dude, man? I, I just don't understand. <laughs> uh, I get it. Like I understand you know, trash talk, but to me that was weird. It went it went to a weird place instead of just being trash talk. With with the paternity test thing and all that, like that became well, and, and, to me. Yeah, doing it as a like a, a city decree and and like he was writing legislation. It was it was weird, but but I think one of the things that and this I think um, I think about just Travis as just watching him as a player. Like you know when he was a younger guy, he he, he got his he let his emotions get a little ahead of him. And I remember there's there's still some some gifs and clips up out there throwing. Hey, look, there's Tank. <laughs> Uh, but like throwing the flag and, and doing some certain motions, all that stuff. But like, I think what one of the things that's important for these young guys to see is, you know, um, especially from somebody who's as passionate as, as Travis is, is you can handle your business and then you can, then you can let loose a little bit. And so, um, you know, I think that's important. And also just something that probably he's had, he had to learn kind of himself, you know, um, you can't go throw, pretend flags at the referees or whatever when you're in the heat of a moment, but to let your play do your talking for you. Um, and I think that that's probably a message that, you know, if he, he can pass on to those younger guys and they're going to hear that and respect that. Cause I'm guessing some of them probably watched him do that, <laughs> but oh. you know, it's, he still has that same intensity, that same passion, but it's just, it's a lot of that, you know, you take care of your business first and then, then you talk instead of, I think where Cincinnati was doing a lot of talking and uh, didn't take care of business as much as they, as much as they would have liked. And I think, you know, Andy's seen that, right? He's seen that in Travis. Like, hey, man, like, look, just, you know, taper down a little bit. I get it. Like, I, I get it, right? You take the flag, throw it on people. But, you know, when you have a chance, you know, and Travis, that's, that's his area, right? Cincinnati, all that area. I mean, you know, on him, too. He's like, man, I got to rule this. It's got to be that deal. It's got to be that. So, so it's a... Know your role and shut your mouth. Know your role. Know your role. I told you, man, this this all about my playlist. Yeah. Yo. Yeah, yeah, JD. I was list. I was watching your episode this this, uh, this afternoon on my lunch break, and I was not prepared for that when that <laughs> dropped, and I was dying laughing. <laughs> It was, Ooh, that, it, that's excellent. Yeah, when I'm telling you, he hits hard, and it just goes straight at him. Jabroni, I mean, for a guy to call out a mayor of a city, okay, and put, yeah. him, <laughs> put him dead in his place, right? Oh, and no. Travis has ties to Cincy because he spent five years there, and he talked about that on his podcast, and that's kind of the last thing I want to ask you about with Travis from me. I'm sure the other guys have some stuff, but he yeah. and his brother have now launched New Heights, which has gone automatically to New Heights, which anybody that's seen those two talk anywhere at all knew if you gave them both a microphone and a, and a couple hours during the week, we were going to get all kinds of greatness out of it. And it's been oh, yeah. absolutely incredible. But we see more players stepping into this space. Pat McAfee, Travis, mm-hmm. you, um, all the guys, I have all these players in all these different places, Joe Valerio, um, guys from different generations even that are yeah. doing this. Um, and what is that? Because you, you talked about like 
we, we mentioned Garrett would mention the, you know, the steps for players into the coaching ranks. And yeah. I thought we talked earlier about how much time a lot of these coaches put in for that. And I know a lot of players are uh, at least some guys when they get done playing, they don't want to spend 16 more hours a day at a facility for the next 25 years, whether that's right. working through college and recruiting or up in the NFL. So this outlet in this space has, oh, it seems like a lot more opportunities. And what's it like being one of the guys that started doing this kind of early and now seeing where it's going for people as they're, as they're doing it? Well, it, it, you know, athletes have a voice, right? And one thing we could speak about, we could speak about our craft. We could speak about the, the, the job that we've done, what the locker room seems like, what guys are feeling, what they're talking about. And so sometimes you, it's hard to emulate the locker room. But at least with the podcast, it gives you a chance to kind of get that energy off of you. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've tapered it down because I, I, I try not to curse and all those different things out because I know kids watch and stuff like that. But man, when, I, when I'm telling you, I'm going to get on a podcast and just go crazy and just go wild and just, you know, just be insane. That's, I mean, that's what we are. We're, we're, we're you know, we, we were the kids that was, you know, ADHD kids. I'm a comic guy. Like I looked at comics. I always wanted to be a superhero. And so you just, you, when you see guys like that, that, you know, have so much passion and, you know, when he was on the field, I mean, that's what made us such, such good football players because, we just had a switch that would just instantly go crazy, you know, just like, ah, you know, just one of those deals, right? And so when you get on the podcast, I mean, it's great to talk about these things, you know, because people want to hear about it. And I, you know, fans, I appreciate them so much because, you know, people ask questions. I'm just like, man, absolutely, I'll talk about it. I could be completely wrong, but at least I could give you my experience, what it was about my time. You know what I mean? I can, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like Bart Scott is just, <laughs> he's all Bart Scott. Says whatever, oh, okay. Lord. And he's yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Chiefs Kingdom is very aware. Bart Scott says <laughs> whatever. I think that may be the most receded tweet I've video I have seen tweeted over the last three days from this fan. No, right? It's <laughs> everywhere. And the face, like he just looked. The face is just like like looking like an idiot, right? It's like okay, uh, that's the face you should have for somebody who doesn't know, and so who's completely wrong. Him and you know uh, uh, Sims. Both, or, you know, they get out there and they start spouting all these different things, man, they, the things they just talk about. And so you have guys like that is like who, who wants to be the enemy or, you know, he's he's that guy. That's who Bar Scott is. Bar Scott's got to be the one that just nudge and picks the scab. That's who he is. That's who he was as a football player. That's who he's going to be as, as a sports analyst, right? That's, that's, that's true. And so, yeah. but also, too, you got the colorful guys like Dion. Shannon, you know, Shannon does a tremendous job, but that's just his personality. Like Travis, that's his personality. Jason, that's I don't his personality. Know how that man does that job? I have no that, idea how that man does that job every day. Who's no. that? Oh, Shannon. Shannon. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lee. no clue. No oh. clue. Club Shay Shay podcast and all that. I understand that no. all entirely. The day job, I I don't know, man. I don't know how I that would be tough. I we would have to talk numbers, and they would have to be high, like really. Yeah. High. Oh, believe, believe <laughs> me, really high. high. I promise you, there's been conversation probably off off camera where he's told Skip like, "Look, I tell you what, you say one more thing to me, I'm gonna put these, uh, yeah, you're gonna get right. one of these." Uh, 
Absolutely. I promise you the that. So that what day. I won't even mention the full clip of what it was. Yeah, I mean, he said tiny, so what to him in reference to something about Shannon being a player. And I will, I don't know. I, that day would have been the day I was no longer working on that show. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is wild. That is. Yeah. Shout out. Shannon Sharp, like that, he was like, so what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what? Yeah. I mean, he walked onto an NBA court and just talked all the shit and. That and was so what? That's Shannon Sharp. Also, like you're not going to do anything about it. He is still right. yoked. But no, I the, the new you know generation of uh, of former you know athletes getting into the podcast realm is terrific. Both you know for the athletes and also for the fans. Like you said, you appreciate the fans. The fans appreciate you because yes, that's a perspective that you know we've never heard of before. Like you know back in the day you'd get like the old quarterbacks that would go on the radio show and talk and do that stuff but you never get players in an, like in a serious environment where they can be loose let it loose and just talk you know and go back to that locker room setting and so all these podcasts coming out with these guys like you hear stories you would have never heard and all the like you learn so much more from a player's side of the game like all the intricacies of the building and coaching staffs and all these different relationships that you form so oh, yeah. i think it's a great step for uh for sports media as a whole uh to oh, kind yeah. of evolve to where you know we have more guys that have actually been there and and done that as opposed to guys who've you know been uh, behind a computer screen their whole life and just you know haven't really experienced what it is to kind of be in that locker room environment so well, big you, shout out to you Appreciate it, brother. I mean, you pull the lid off of things, right? The, I mean, you really do. The behind-the-scenes things, what goes on, like these real conversation. And that's what I was telling those guys when I was coaching out there. Like, listen, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you all the good and the bad and the ugly of the business. I am. I'm going to tell you my experience with everything I went through, what was said to me, negotiations, all of it. I'm going to let you all know. So you're not blindsided when it comes to you and realize that it is a business. Like, they're, they, you know, NFL is your commodity. What have you done for me lately? But one thing I wanted to do is, like, as fans, talk to you all. Is like, man, what is it like to, you know, tailgate? You know, I, like, I've, I've never done right. it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to me, that's it's exciting. I always wanted to do it. I was like, I mean, I wanted to go and do the tailgating, you know, go out to the bar, jump in with everybody, just be celebrating. I, that's what I want to do, right? And that's the aspect. Have you I made it to Arrowhead do. yet and done that yet? Have you made it out? I, I, I know I you were trying to. Yeah, I I, the, I I forgot what game I went to, and when I got there, I thought I got there in time. But somebody was like, "Man, Dave, you gotta get out here like an hour, two hours early." And I, I'm like, I, oh, look, I have no idea. Yeah. I'm blind to this, yeah, right? Before the sun's up, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and so and so with the, that's crazy. Yeah, for players, yeah. I don't even think we didn't even think, we don't we don't know. I know that that's stuff a perspective that you don't even consider. You don't get to yeah. ever watch the game from the stands. You know, the experience Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. It's yeah, it's you can a whole hear it. perspective. You can hear right. it out there, right? You can hear it when you come in to the stadium. Oh, yeah. You see all the people and I'm like, oh, I know they're cooking up something good. You <laughs> ride in the stadium and you take care of your business. But you can hear all the stuff out there, the ambiance and the smoke and all those different things. And I've always wanted to say, man, I want to be over there and just enjoy a game with people, right? They were telling me sections to go to. I, I was trying to get people to give me, you know, where, you know, what places to be. I'm gonna be in this section stuff. And I'm like, it, it's, it's funny because you don't quite know where things are in the stadium. You know, yeah. like, it's not big, a big place. Very Dude, big place. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I have no idea. 
and the fan side of it is like, but for us, it's like, oh, they spend every day at that build at that building, so they know yeah. everything is. Yeah, they, they know, know everything. Know everything is going on, are, yeah. and they know where the trainers' yeah. room is, and they know where the offices are. But they don't know what seat row row F one twenty six. Nobody knows where that is. <laughs> they don't know where it is. Yeah, no so idea. That's that's a total, and that's the stuff that we love. That's different than because. It's also, I think, a bridge between fans and the players that I don't think yeah. used to exist because right. people that cover the t- – and this is something with media changing and how that's done and how sports are covered and where people get their information and their content from now is changed a lot. But it's allowed people to really get to know players and players get to show themselves to others, like Garrett was mentioning. But I think the bridge gap to being able – just to be able to communicate, whether it's – you know asking players on Twitter questions and getting involved with podcasts and asking that kind of stuff. One of my favorite segments of your guys' show is when they, when people ask you questions and you answer Um, today, uh, today's episode, spoiler, excellent Ray Lewis story. Chiefs fans of that era remember that day, but Jason getting to tell that story and, and kind of go through it is, must listen um, audio. So go check out Chief Concerns at all of their stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Super Bowls because mm. there's like 86 Super Bowls this this week. We have the Kelsey Bowl. We have the yeah. Andy Reid Bowl because uh, he's obviously done everything in both places except the one thing in Philly. So we're trying to get him two here to make up for the one he should have had there. Um, right, right. But all that stuff paired with your stuff. This is the J. As as Marcus said today, it's it's the Jay Dunbull. You spent time in both places, also with Andy in in one in Philly, and then you know we've got um, obviously the more talked about ones where it's the first two time two African American quarterbacks are playing each other in the historical sense of it, which is super super important to that. Absolutely, which yeah, that kind of stuff. And so I just wanted to get your perspective. I think which. I know which one's probably the most important, which is the one I just mentioned. Um, but which one's your favorite one of all the different ones that you've got that are out there now running around? Because, man, there's so many of them. It's it's just fun to see. And I think this Super Bowl, from that kind of perspective, is different than a lot of the matchups you're going to get in Super Bowls. Because a lot of times, fan bases – I'm not saying that we're not going to end up with some back and forth with Philly because Philly is a tough city with a – really passionate, really loud fan base. We know, yeah. we've seen it in the playoff. And so, but then that's Chiefs Kingdom as well. So there's going to be a little back and forth, but there's a respect level, I think, between the franchises and the fan bases to an extent. So sure. just the bowls and how that, yeah. which one's more important for you? Oh, which one's more important to me? Uh, man, to be honest with you, man, I, I'm going to say all of them equally are enjoyable in its own sense, right? Uh, the one where you have the two African-American quarterbacks was like a little nugget I didn't know. I was like, oh, really? You know, I was actually crazy. I was like, wait a minute. It can't be true. And it was like, it is, right? It was just like, wow, okay? And so the significance of it, of just having two guys representatives of going out there and playing as African-American males because of the history of the game and where it, you know, kind of transitioned into, man, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's great. And it's easy, you know, it's great to celebrate it, right? And respect it for what it is, you know, and, and, and that should be recognized. And two young guys that are just doing a tremendous job. And I said this today, I said, I don't think Jalen or Patrick get the due that they, that's due to them. That's how good they are. I don't, you know, 
because sometimes you take it back with them being kind of, well, they're not the traditional quarterback, right? They don't have, oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the backyard football player. And I, what? What are you talking about? He's throwing for 5,000 a, a, a gazillion yards. And it seemed like you're trying to, like, a backhanded compliment of saying he's a backyard football player, right? Saying that he, he's creative and he's talented and all those different things. Like, shit, that needs to be recognized as, you know, and, and celebrated because it is great, right? He is a great player. And Jalen, Jalen, he's, he's a great leader. You know, I heard Jay, Jason Kelsey was talking about it. When I heard Jason Kelsey talk about what type of leader he was in the locker room, I said, man, I know what, there was a reason I liked Jalen. I liked him in college. I did. And when he's coming out and, you know, what he's done up there in Philadelphia has been incredible. But that significance of it is, is I mean, it is, should be rewarded, should be thought about, and should be uh, empathized. Now, same thing with Andy. Andy's going through Philly and coming out to Kansas City and his transition. To me, when Andy first came out to Kansas City, I'm like, man, he fell. He followed the same road I did. That's what I said. He followed the same road. And it was kind of like that, you know? And so I'm, I'm happy for Andy getting there playing his old team and sort of what I feel this can be a kind of revenge game, in a sense, somewhat, yeah, right? I think. I think. Oh. Yeah, Philly kind of got a little got, bit. You got a little yeah. bit there, you know. Yeah, I got kicked to the curb with Philly, and uh, you know, I'm like, we lost uh, when they came to Arrowhead. You know, it was the T.O. game when T.O. didn't have nothing the first half, and second half he went crazy. You know, yeah. probably should have won the game, should have, but we did. So I didn't have that revenge factor, but Andy can get that. He can get that. He can be like, okay, fine. I took y'all to four NFC Championship games. Okay, y'all been talking smack. Here I am. I'm back. Won a Super Bowl with another team, ready to win another one. Off goes your head with this, right? I'm, I'm gonna take it over here against Philly, yeah. right? And then the Kelsey Bowl with the brothers and whatnot, man. I, I think it's just love all the way. It's just competition between brothers, man. That's how it is, right? You just want to beat your brother anyway. You know, you love each other, but you just want to beat it because it's just bragging rights. It's I got one on top of you. I, I want that ring. Look at this ring. What this ring says, huh? So. Uh, I think that's what it is. That's the significance of it. But, man, all these different bowls, man, I, I think, like I said, all of them are enjoyable in its own right. And then, of course, me, right? I, I just, of course. I said at the very beginning of the season, wouldn't it be great to have both my former teams go and play in the Super Bowl? Seriously. And here we are. And I was, like, I was so ecstatic, brother. I'm telling you, I, man, when I'm telling you, Tickle Pink, People have been calling me, texting me, and all. I mean, it's been crazy ever since all of that happened. And it was, you know, so it's been it's been a, it's been a great week. It's going to be a great week this week, next week, and the Super Bowl. And so everybody's yeah. asking me. There's always a question, <laughs> JD. Who you are got, you thinking? Right, that's the question. You got JD in, in the Super Bowl, right? And so I uh, here's my answer. My answer is I don't have an answer yet. No, I'm just playing. I just <laughs> find out on Chiefs concerns. Right? No, no, I was like, oh man, don't don't stay tuned for part two. Us. Oh yeah, no. Well, listen, I, this is what I said. I, I, I've said this. Very formidable teams, both of them. Okay, I think we need to get some of our pieces back. We need to get two of the three receivers back. Harmon probably is not going to play. And he said he's probably not going to play in the Super Bowl. But we get Kadarius back. And Juju back puts us in a better spot. Okay. Juan and Gay and, and Sneed, those guys need to be back, right? That's 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 what I'm talking about. 
you know, staples of our defense, those guys are it. And so getting those guys back is going to put them in a better position to beat the Eagles. Because they got a formidable defense and they got a great offense, right? I mean, we know this. They got a great offensive line. They got two very good wide receivers, the third one in, 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 in Quinton. I can't think of his last name right now. Uh, and Goddard is a tight end, right? Yeah. You know, they, they backs have been doing a good job. They're running football uh, really effectively. Uh, their defense, their defensive line, and their secondary, man, they, they whoo, tell you, man, that's a lineup. So, but we match up really well. We match up really well against them defensively and offensively on both sides of the ball. And so, uh, coaches, I think we we got, we definitely got that. Okay, I like Sirianni and those, but those guys, they ain't quite been there. Andy Spags, Spags did a tremendous job this last game, calling the plays. He, did, he had a Wonderful scheme out. He did. Okay. I think he learned. He learned over the over the time. He's like, okay, I trust my guys, but I'm, I'm gonna give you some help. It is what he did. He gave some help when he needed to. Okay. Uh, but we get those pieces back. I think the Chiefs win. Period. I, I just believe that. I you know because Philly hadn't seen they haven't seen an offense like Kansas City. They haven't. They just not this entire yeah. year. They just ain't, not no, have, ain't no Brock Purdy. Yeah, their path has been a lot different. been a lot different than They've also never been on this stage before either. A lot of those guys have never seen these lights before. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, um, yeah, it's going to be a great game either way. And I think, like we said, there's there's some mutual respect uh, for the fan base. There's just so many connections between the two the two franchises, which is which is cool. Obviously, we all want the Chiefs to win. Um, So, last question before we we get out of here: Have you decided where you're going to watch this this game at? Where you're going to watch the big game at? What are your plans for it? Man, I'm I'm still up 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 in the air with this. Uh, everybody asks me if I'm going to the Super Bowl, and I'm just like, man, I, if I I wouldn't even know what to do. It had to be on a, a whole different level. But if not, it'll probably be here at my house. I usually have a big shindig here anyway. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl, like my my basement. I had to show you, man. I'm, I'm down with. I got you know all type of everybody's jerseys up there, but I got Philly stuff. I got Kansas City stuff. That is the dungeon. That's the layer. That's the dungeon layer. Dungeon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it. And so it's that's where it's going to be more more than likely. That's where it's going to be here at at, at the castle over here, brother. Uh, there so, you go. I don't yeah, know if yeah. I can watch it with anybody this year. I I watched the first one with basically Stressful no one, and then I got the family. When we, when we played Tampa, I watched it in a group, and Ooh. I think I'm going back to basically nobody again this year. So, yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> think I'll be participating. And yeah. of course. We all looked. Uh, we we looked at. I looked at Super Bowl tickets just to see what the. JD, you might be able to afford it. JD, JD uh, we're we're JD, probably not going to be able to do it. I, if I was in JD's shoes, I I don't know what I would do because I would. Be I don't even know. I don't know that if I might could be sit in the stadium and watch both my teams play each other, but. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah. just a little bit financially irresponsible, maybe. If, unless unless well, somebody gave me a ticket, unless I gave somebody gave me a ticket, there would exactly. be no way. Exactly. I will put that type of money into going to the game. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I don't no, know that it's I don't know that you can see home. the game as well. And that's not no offense to the to the experience yeah. and the atmosphere. And I'm sure the atmosphere is cool and all, but if I want to go to the Super Bowl, I think I want to go when my team's not playing and experience the atmosphere. Yeah. And then when my right. team's yeah, playing, then you don't have to sit there stressed the out of your mind watching yeah, it. Yeah, man. I don't know that I could do that in person. I don't know. I, 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 so shout out to all the people that do. Yeah, no, the AFC Championship go. game last year was way nervous enough for me. That was way, <laughs> way nerve wracking enough. Yeah, so, brother, listen. And look, the Bills I game, I was lucky, but yeah, crazy.
I've been to several Super Bowls. I think the last two I didn't go in. I, I did exactly what you did. I like parties right. and, and stuff like that. You know, NFL does a great thing with players and put a, a big shit dig on. Uh, to me, it's easier. It's just easier to do that as opposed to like going yeah. in and t- it's fun. I'll be honest with it once or twice, but after that, hey, they, they can have yeah, it. You good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, once you once you've been to one, you probably got it all. But we'll all be watching from home and uh, and thoroughly enjoy it. Jason, we cannot thank you enough for coming on and talking with us tonight. Uh, you are one of the best out there. We appreciate your friendship and uh, continued, uh, you know, uh, greatness that you have going on with the uh, Chiefs' concerns. Yeah. So Man. let everybody know real quick before we get out of here where they can find you, where they can find all your content at, and uh, how they get more JD in their life. Well, you know, we we doing Chiefs Concerns, Concerns Chief. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube, uh, Apple, Spotify. Uh, I'm trying to get better IG. I, I, I'm, I'm still figuring that whole thing out. I, I was just, all of us ooh. are. It's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, a whole, it's an amoeba over there that we all <laughs> yeah. just look at. And I'm like, how does that work exactly? Does that thing actually right. work or what does it yeah, do? Yeah, right. So I, I like the I like the Twitter stuff, man. But, I, I you know, we, we're trying to get more things out here. And, and I had to tell you guys. Man, I love what y'all do also. You know what? You know, I'm always commenting on the stuff that y'all put out here. Yeah. You know, y'all guys just like there's certain guys that I, I look at like to me was like my starter guys. You know what I'm saying? Like when I started reaching out to and seeing and, and y'all, y'all are it. Y'all, y'all my people. Shoot, when y'all hollered at me, I'm like, bet, pal, and get oh yeah, I got y'all. No doubt. No doubt. Well, we you know. appreciate it greatly. Yeah, it's man, been sure. it's awesome every time you're on, and that we I couldn't we had to reach out this time because the, there's a big one. There's not a better person to talk to about this game than you, and the, the only the, maybe the second best person that has an argument we're going to have on on Tuesday. And I yes, that one I am going to leave as a teaser for the audience. Oh, so, okay, okay, okay. I'll let the teaser for Tom and Garrett too, maybe, but <laughs> that's because I don't think they read the group messages enough. Uh, well, I know, I know maybe a couple of guys that played for Philly and Kansas City. I do know a few of them. So, uh, yes. so it, it'd be we'll a big thing. We'll share with you after we're off the off the live air here, but we're, we're not we're not sharing with everybody else until later. Okay, so. okay, yeah. But we cannot Make thank sure you, you enough guys for go coming. Follow on. all of Jason's stuff at all of those yes. places. And when you're over at the YouTube channel, like when you're over at this YouTube channel or on our podcast page, like you are at their podcast page, make sure you subscribe and. Leave a review if you if you're on the podcast page, especially over at Apple. That's how that one works for us, guys. If you yeah. want to help us out and help us get to more Chiefs fans to hear us talking, be able to have Jason's insight and have all, have all those good things, you have to leave reviews and like and, and comment and interact with us. So do all that for Jason while you're over here with us. And uh, Garrett, do you have anything uh, else to get us out of here with? I just say that I am very excited for this Super Bowl, and uh, these this two weeks cannot come fast enough. So, be sure everybody tune in. Obviously, you'll be watching. Uh, thank you all for listening and watching us. Be sure to follow us at Kingdom Says Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go over to our YouTube, the Kingdom Says Podcast. We've got a lot of great content coming your way the rest of these uh, two weeks, uh, and then obviously going into the draft, there's hey, going to be a lot so of stuff as well. Anymore. We're already at the end yeah, of the know, it's, almost, boys. I know. Huh? It's coming quick. So thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you in the next one. Peace. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? 
Just stop. This is a 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.